This is the Grind, Sell, and Elevate podcast by Tizer Evans, where we do a deep dive on how to stay driven, how to be a top-tier salesperson, and how to elevate the quality of your life. Hey everybody, thanks for joining me on Grind, Sell, and Elevate. This is Tizer Evans. Today I'm going to be sitting down and talking with Sam Gupta. He's a consultant in the ERP and financial system space for over 20 years. He's also the founder of WBS Rocks, which is a unique platform where people have a podcast host can come together and be able to create a community within a community. So we talk a little bit about business, a little bit about finances, a little bit about sales, a little bit about podcasting, a great all-around, well-rounded conversation with Sam. If you guys haven't done so, please subscribe to the podcast. Drop me a five-star review, leave me a comment. It makes it easier for other people to be able to find the podcast. And if you could, um, share with three or four or five like-minded friends. I'd really appreciate it, the love and support. It's been really awesome. And make sure you hit me up at Tizer Evans on all social media platforms. Tag me, I'll repost it if you're listening. Let me know you're out there. But without further ado, here's my conversation with Sam. All right, everybody, this is Tizer Evans on Grind, Sell, and Elevate, and I've got Sam Gupta with me. He is the principal consultant at Elevate IQ. He's also the host of WBS Rocks, which I'm excited to talk to you about. Sam, how are you today? I'm very good. Thanks for having me, Tizer. Really appreciate it. Yeah, no, of course. Thanks so much for coming on. So just for context purposes, Sam, why don't you kind of introduce yourself and uh, what you do? Yeah, sure. Happy to. So basically, we are in the ERP business. And I don't know if you, any of your listeners are going to be familiar with what an ERP is. It stands for Enterprise Resource Planning. So the way enterprise resource planning systems typically work is they are going to be slightly more prevalent in the manufacturing, distribution, retail industries. Okay, so this is the software that is going to do everything for them when we talk about the product centric industries. That is going to be your accounting to finance, to your operations, to your um, to your supply chain planning, to your order management, to sales. Um, So it's uh, one system for all. Um, That's for the manufacturing, distribution, and retail. When you talk about the other industries, for example, let's say if we take an example of insurance or banking, they are typically going to be utilizing an ERP system for their backend finance Mm. organization, but they will not be utilizing it for the other operational system just because it doesn't exist. Um, Sometimes they might not have enough capabilities to be able to support their operations. So yeah, so we are in the ERP business. We do a lot of different things from the ERP perspective. We do ERP selection. We do ERP optimization and upgrade. So majority of the time we are engaged when these companies are looking to sort of go into the next phase of growth when they require the digital system or digital capabilities. That's when they hire us uh, either just to upgrade their existing systems or uh, do the net new installation. So that's the ERP business that we have. Uh, And then we have the WBS Rocks, uh, which is slightly more media business. So we are a community and this community is built around the ERP folks. Um, so yeah, so we have a podcast, we have clubhouse rooms, uh, we have Twitter chat. Oh my goodness. Uh, name anything that you know exciting and we'll probably have under the WBS Rocks umbrella. Yeah, it seemed like it was a very comprehensive platform as far as uh, for networking, you know, education. It seemed like it was a l- little bit of everything. 
Yes, definitely. Yep. So yeah, so the podcast is very exciting. We have had uh, one of the top guests in the supply chain accounting, uh, you know, some of the sales professional as well. So we like to talk to anybody who is going to be slightly more strategy uh, mm-hmm. and slightly more in the executive capacity. So our show is really targeted towards the CFOs and COOs uh, and to some extent CEOs as well. So our target market is going to be anywhere from $10 million to roughly $200 million. We have some of the enterprise guests as well but these are the kind of you know guests we host and they have extremely compelling stories again sometimes they could be boring for a lot of sales people just because that that get into a lot of operations uh but you know if the sales people are going to be more in the operations role then they'll enjoy this got it so now you, your background is you know obviously in software right and so you're helping you've helped a lot of startups kind of get to the next level like when you're talking about as far as optimization um you know what are some of the things that to help get software companies in general and this might be not your realm so tell me if it's not but you know to start to get attention because it seems like that space is very noisy you know, everybody seems like they're a SaaS company, a lot of fintech companies, you know, and I, cause I get hit up by them all the time to come on the show and, you know, more, I can only do so many. So, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, when you're helping people optimize and take it to the next level, I know you're not involved in marketing, but what are some of the things, strategic things you look at to help them grow? Um, so basically, let's understand the software space a bit better. I guess that will help you uh, a little bit more, right? So in the software space, you have these large enterprise software company, and we are only talking about B2B right now. We are not even talking about B2C. So if you look at B2B, that is going to be any sort of, uh, let's say, the CRM companies or the ERP companies. So you have the, the big daddies of the world, and that is going to be your, uh, you know, the SAP, Salesforce, uh, Zoho. Uh, those are really giant enterprise software companies and typically they are going to have the entire suite of the software that is going to be your your CRM software, then you have the human capital management software, then you have the ERP software, right? And then you have all of the SaaS software as well. So majority of the time, the SaaS companies are typically targeting very small companies. That is going to be $10 million and below just because they have created a very small software and they are to, uh, trying to attack a very specific problem, mm. right? So that's why you see so many different uh, you know, SaaS companies, especially in the sales and marketing space, uh, because they are trying to uh, sort of Um, attack a very specific problem. Now, coming back to your uh, question about strategy. So going back to my, the overall OEM um, sort of space, and then we have a bunch of resellers. So we are sort of the distributor in the in the enterprise software space. So we work with the larger software companies, for example, you know, SAP's N4 of the world. We are really trying to utilize their software and building this solution architecture for the entire organization. Now, uh, depending upon what kind of business you are, what kind of software business you are, let's say if you are the OEM, in which case you are the SaaS company yourself, the strategy for you is going to be completely different. If you are reselling for somebody else, in our case, we are the distributor, right? So in our case, the strategy is going to be completely different because we are actually selling for somebody else right? We Mm -hmm. are not selling for ourselves. So in the software space as well, the best way to think about software is going to be, okay, do you know who your target industries are? Who can be benefited through your software? So in our case, it's going to be manufacturing, distribution, e-commerce. Those are the companies that are typically utilizing our software. So we do a lot of different things from the strategy perspective. Number one is understanding who your customers are. Number two, Mm -hmm. what kind of messaging are they going to understand? 
Number three, what are the kind of channels they are hanging out on? We have some of the traditional customers. We have some of the innovative customers. So again, the innovative customers are going to have very different preferences in terms of the channels that they hang, hang out on. And the traditional customers are going to be very different. So again, we build the entire strategy around, okay, what is the nature of the customer? We map their entire customer journey. And when are going to be the trigger points when they are going to be utilizing the software and where they are going to be in their life cycle. So we do a lot of thinking, I would say, and a lot of mapping as well mm -hmm. in terms of identifying their entire customer journey to be able to find out, okay, what is the messaging that they are going to like? What is the channel that we should be approaching them? And what is the stage of the life cycle they are on with respect to their purchase so that we can, uh, when we talk to them, uh, we sort of connect with them is, is what I would like to call. I don't know if that answers your question. Yeah, no, it, it does. No, I appreciate you breaking down the steps. You know, kind of as you were going through that and you're, you're talking about having to map, I, I kept on thinking, especially as you're talking about you're, you know, you're helping another company, right? So there's a lot of different people involved. A lot of people potentially from your company, a lot of people from their company. Yeah. How do you start to get everybody on the same page so everybody is aware of the, the, the common mission, right? And everybody's contributing because uh, it seems like you could get a lot of people involved and things could go sideways quickly if one person wasn't holding their end of the bargain. So how do you guys uh, you know, get this so it works in, in harmony? So that's a great question. And when you look at these ERP and digital transformation engagements, to be honest, and we don't know a person that is not going to be involved uh, in the company, in the purchase cycle. So for us, uh, you know, everybody is our customer, starting from your board to your executive team, to your management team, to your janitors. Okay, pretty much everybody is going to be touching the ERP system. So we need to make sure that we are satisfying their needs. Now, uh, your question is related to the stakeholder alignment. How do we align these stakeholder needs, right? So first thing that we need to do is we need to find a champion. Who is going to be a mm. champion for us who can fight for our cause when we get into the account, right? So sometimes, you know, we are directly dealing with the customer. Sometimes we, we are dealing with the consulting companies because majority of the time we are going to have 10 to 15 companies involved in the project that we work on, to be honest, okay? So it's never going to be just us. It's going to be uh, and us and the customer. It's going to be a consulting company. It's going to be 15 different software companies that are trying to sell, sell their software. It could be a SaaS offering. It could be a, a, a integration offering, depending upon uh, you know who they are. So obviously it's almost like a wedding, okay? And it's, mm -hmm. a, it's a lot of chaos. <laughs> right, exactly, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, so when we, when we work on the engagement, so first thing that we need to find the, okay, which is my champion committee that is actually going to be driving the, the initiative or the engagement. So majority of the time for us, it's going to be either the CFO or it's going to be a controller or it's going to be a COO who is going to be driving the initiative. So initially we are going to have roughly what? eight to 10 to 12 months just to do the selection of the software. Can you believe this? So mm -hmm. our sales cycle is going to be roughly eight to 10 to 12 months. That's how long it is. Okay. And there is going to be number of phases that we need to go through. Uh, it's going to be your, the initial selection phase. You need to sell to the consulting company first so that you are included as part of the mix. Once you get through that, then you need to be, uh, you need to be doing the initial discovery calls. You need to make sure you are understanding the business because it's not just the, just the sales, right? Uh, you need to make sure the software is actually going to work for their business. Otherwise it's going to fire back. So we need to look at, you know, far deeper picture, not just the sales cycle. 
So uh, again, uh, you know, from the stakeholder alignment perspective, uh, we need to align the initial committee first, and then we need to figure out, okay, who are going to be my champion? Who's going to be involved in the sales cycle later on? So it could be the individual functional units. For example, let's say procurement is going to have very different needs from your sales. Operations mm -hmm. is going to be, have very different needs from your marketing. HR is going to have very different needs uh, from finance, okay? So, so all of these have very different needs. So what we do is we try to understand, okay, what are these functions care for? So first we need to understand, okay, hey, Mr. Procurement, so we are going to have the individual discovery calls with each of the functions in understanding their needs and depending oh, wow. upon how, how large the organization is. If the organization is going to be smaller, they don't necessarily have as sophisticated needs, right? So whatever procurement is going to understand. So we need to understand their needs at a deeper level. And then finally, we need to pitch accordingly. Okay, hey, procurement, this is your workflow. This is how you perform your work. So you are going to have, let's say, 20 different processes or 25 different processes. Okay, this is how you work as of today. And this is how your life is going to be changed. This is only for procurement. Now we need to do this for each of the, the, the person or the department who is involved in the sales cycle. So the whole sales itself could be a project in itself. <laughs> so I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> no, that, no, it does. Absolutely. So, yeah. So just, you know, you basically, you single out every department and you try to, you pitch them according to their own needs, yep. right? Is what I'm getting from that. And I'm just, I'm just curious as you're talking about that, I'm like, shit, that sounds like a lot of work. Uh, and, I, and so, but I, my thought was like, okay, say you've got procurement dialed in sales dialed in HR is like, Sam, that doesn't work for me. I don't know. And then they go and then it has never happened. And then they go, they'll go complain to the COO or the CEO and say, Hey, this isn't working for me, but the other departments are happy. Does that ever happen? Oh, always, always. So it's never going to be, I mean, I would actually doubt that, you know, we are always going to find a customer where everybody just agrees. If that happens, we have a real problem, to be honest. That's how I like to think. Okay. So we have to have some sort of problem because if they are too compliant, meaning they are not thinking enough. Okay. Mm. Uh, and typically if that happens, then most likely what is going to happen is even if I sign the deal today, tomorrow, they are going to be either asking for the return or they are not going to be, they are not going to understand and appreciate what is required in implementing the software and to, to work on that software because end of the day, their life is actually going to depend on the software. Their career is going to be depend on the software. So right. they really need to understand. So if we don't have conflict, that's a red flag for us, to be honest. No, I mean, that's uh, it's really good to know for people listening. It's good. It, sometimes conflict is good. Confrontation and done in the right way to help propel a company forward can be very advantageous. Um, one of the things I wanted to ask you, what are some of the pitfalls companies don't think about when they go through this process? So when you think about the pitfalls, um, there are a couple of things. Number one, majority of the customers that we work with, I, you know, not everybody is going to be expert at selecting a software. So majority of the time, as I said, uh, if they are not very cost sensitive, they will be working with a consulting company. And they are the ones who actually know 
uh, how to select a software. So the major pitfall is going to be really understanding what is involved in taking a software. Most of the time when we work with these smaller companies, they just seem to think that, you know what, I'm simply buying a packaged software. Mm. It's going to be buying like a product if I'm walking to Home Depot, hey, uh, give me... Uh, give me give me my drill okay and i'm gonna right. pay let's say you know five dollars uh, it should be as simple as that right software is never as simple as that even if let's say if you are spending ten dollars because in case of software especially when you are talking about either business process software or the operational software it is going to have far bigger implications for your company, even if your dollar amount is not going to be that big for a deal. So let's say even if you're losing, let's say $5,000 in signing up the software, once you install that, you are going to have far bigger implications with respect to your data, with respect to the risk that you are going to face because of the software, with respect to the you know losing people uh, could be another issue. Let's say if you install the software, you are the executive, you sort of uh, you know simply push this down their 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 throat that you know what I'm the executive, I'm the CEO. You yes. know what from tomorrow onwards, all of you are going to be using the software or you all are fired. Okay, you could do that, right? <laughs> but if you do that, what is going to happen next is you know everybody is probably going to quit the organization just because their life is going to be hell uh, in using their software. And one of the things that nobody likes to see when they are working for an employer is, hey, how can you make my life easy? One thing I don't want to do is I don't want to, you know, taking this to my home and sort of just keep thinking that, okay, how am I going to do my job tomorrow? Right. Right. So pitfalls, when you talk about, right, I mean, it's, it's so many different things, but one of the biggest is always going to be really understanding how software works understanding how software consultants work, understanding the nuances of the contract. Okay, that is always the, the biggest problem. Not everybody understand that because just because they don't have uh, enough experience, right? right? Understanding how to do the user acceptance testing, how to find the test cases so that you have enough training on the software before you roll out in the company. Understanding how the software is going to be integrating with the other software that you might have at this point of time in your company and how to ensure that you are able to run your business and you are not going to cause any disruptions. So I would say, I mean, there are like million pitfalls. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's why it's great to use a company like yours, right? To, to try to avoid as many as possible, having had the experience, I've done this a lot. Um, Kind of, kind of switching gears, Sam, I, I wanted to talk to you a little bit more about the WBS Rocks. You know, what was your inspiration behind that? Well, so I like to be thinking very deep. I mean, that's how I am. That's how I grew up, right? So I like to understand how the market is moving. So in our case, I mean, we are a distributor, as you know, uh, of the software. We need mm-hmm. to be thought leader in our space. So obviously, you know, initially pre COVID, if you talk about it, we never had to worry about finding business because, you know, uh, people were coming to us because of my name, because of the the company's name, because of the reputation that we have in the market. Uh, You know, we get a lot of business from the OEMs, from these large software companies, because we help them close their deals, right? So, so they were coming to us, but after COVID things changed a bit. Okay. So we had to, we had to really figure out how to survive in the market. Uh, we were not getting as many leads. We were not getting enough business. So we had to figure out how to do marketing. Uh, before this, I never had appreciation for marketing and I'm going to be completely honest here. Okay. okay. And the reason, 
yeah and 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 so basically the reason why i did not have enough appreciation for marketing because you know i was always talking to these executives on a daily basis and i was like okay so you are telling me that these executives are going to come to my site and they are going to read my blog um that doesn't sound real because i'm always talking to them um you know i'm always calling them so why are these cfos and ceos coming to my site and they are reading about the blog right so this was sort of the uh the enlightening experience for me so once i started doing a lot more content before that you know it was uh, we were doing sort of the internal content everything was gated so if anybody wanted to get access to my advice they have to sort of call me and they have to pay me before they can get access to that advice after covid uh you know we started doing a little bit of experimentation okay now we are not getting enough leads so what do we do so we started building our content and whatever we knew we start putting everything on 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 the website okay mm-hmm. uh, that's how we started our 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 content game now uh you know once we started putting that we started getting a lot of traction on our content and the ceos and cfos that are never spoken before they were actually coming to us so that was a a wake up call for us that no 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 the content matters the inbound marketing matters the seo matters right but once we did that then we started figuring out okay how can we distribute uh, our content and how can we increase our outreach to a lot more people and that's when we started analyzing okay some companies that were in our space they were different from us and the reason why they were different is number one they were doing they were in the podcasting game and podcasting actually how them becoming the thought leader so if i look at the sort of the the people who actually won the awards or who had the influence in their communities majority of them were sort of the podcast house okay so that's how we started doing podcast but for us podcasting was really the seo game to be honest just because we were getting so much traffic from uh from web on on our content so we wanted to expedite that effort so we started figuring out okay how can we expedite this content how can we get thought leader in under one umbrella under one community so that we can expedite this um this process of developing the content so we did that uh, with respect to wbs rock it's it's been so successful i cannot tell you how successful we are um you know with this community building my relationship at this point of time in the community is like tenfold my influence mm. increased tenfold at least uh, at least okay uh, and now everybody sort of watching okay what is wbs rocks i want to get on to it because i want to part of i want to be part of it as an example yeah. i want to build my own brand and i want to be i want to be associated with wbs rocks so what can i do right now so it's been powerful experience to be honest good that was you know i, I had as a follow up question but you answered it it was kind of like this must be an indirect well way of selling you know it was kind of what i thought you know cuz one it you know law of reciprocity you always want to give back and then you you know you too shall receive but be able to get your content out there in a way that looks like you're giving it also will attract a lot of business so in our case even if we cold call and and trust me i mean we do cold call i mean we don't sort of uh, we respect every single channel out there um, sure. that's how we work okay and there is always going to be roi in every single channel so we do cold call we do outbound emails we do inbound um, um inbound approaches as well uh, from our perspective if you look at our sales process we are not going to be able to sell just based on a call it never works this way typically the the decision making for any erp software is going to be every 5 years 8 years 10 years is wow. the timeline that you are looking at right yeah. so even if i call my cfo today uh, you know and if i start selling when they are not in the market it's actually going to fire back so the way our sales process is designed hey even if you are calling the only thing you need to do is hey 
can we just get introduced? Can I say hello to you? Are you going to be in market tomorrow? Okay, so that's how we like to introduce. We simply want to build that connection. We want to build that relationship, even if we are cold calling. So this is the same approach, even with the podcast, okay? What we are trying to do is, how can we present ourselves as a thought leader in our community so that our customers can start trusting us with respect to our expertise? How can we, how can we be more open with our expertise as opposed to doing this uh, you know, whispering sales call? Uh, sometimes that could be harder to trust in our experience, right? Even if you are talking about the same thing, just sure. because you are not open, you are not honest, but you know, when you are doing the podcast, when you are doing the, the inbound, it just, uh, I think people trust a bit more. Well, I think too, it's, it's it, um, that impersonal touch sometimes and they don't feel pressure, but then you're still able to build yourself as a thought leader, that you're still able to build value, you're able to build credibility all through the podcast without ever having to pick up the phone call and try to sell somebody, right? So yeah, I think it's a, I've, I've experienced that myself. You obviously having a sales podcast, people reach out to me for sales consulting because they hear me talking on the podcast, right? Yeah. And, and whatnot. Um, Sam, I've been, I've enjoyed our, our chat. I know we're, we're kind of pressed for time a little bit, but I want to be able to have you drop where people can connect with you, your company and uh, WBS rocks. Okay. So basically if people want to connect with me, it's really easy. I'm present on majority of the social media platforms as, as far as the, the B2B ecosystem goes. So that is going to be LinkedIn, uh, Twitter. So the easiest way to find is going to be Sam, S-A-M. Uh, last name is going to be Gupta. It's going to be G-U-P-T-A. Uh, and WBS rocks is WBS, the, the easiest way to think about WBS is going to be without any BS. Uh, <laughs> that's... <laughs> Uh, and rocks is R-O-C-K-S is, um, so if you Google, if you uh, Twitter, LinkedIn, you can find me on, on, on everywhere. Beautiful. And I'll post all of Sam's um, contact information for both platforms, either if you want to work with this company or if you'd like to become a part of his ecosystem with the, the WBS Rocks, will be in the show notes. And I'll also post his uh, personal LinkedIn so you guys can connect and follow him on there. He looks like he's very active on there. Um, Sam, I've enjoyed our conversation. Thanks so much for being on. Same here, my friend, Kaiser. You are doing wonderful work here. And uh, I encourage everybody to be listening to this show. It's amazing. Thank you so much.